Hey, what's up, Dan Lance? It's Mike from Walnut Creek out here. Yeah, I remember you guys were talking uh, last episode about Dimebag Daryl getting slaughtered on stage by a Marine. Uh, was it because uh, Pantera was breaking up? And they... Yeah. Anyways, I just want to say it would make me very, very sad as a former U.S. Marine if you guys ever decided to part ways and I know where you live. All right, just kidding, guys. I'll see you later. This is Sick and Wrong, the world's source for antisocial commentary. Brought to you by AdamandEve.com. Good evening. Welcome to Sick and Wrong, the world's source for antisocial commentary. One of your hosts, D. Simon. I'm Lance Wackerly over here. What's up there, Wackerly? You seem a little stressed. I got a lot of shit to do. I, I, I'm like leaving on vacation, so I've been packing five pounds of five days of work into three days this week. You're taking a short week, going out of town. Right, but I'm doing the same amount of shit in three days rather than five days. So. Well, you're, you're going out of town for a wedding, though, right? Yeah. I know. I was invited to that wedding and uh, can't make it, unfortunately. It's too bad. You'll be missed. I know. It's, I, I always <laughs> hate when you have free drinking and uh, you know a night of free drinks, free right. alcohol, and I'm going to miss it. Yep. It's this far away, though, so you know there'll be some money spent getting there. Yeah, it's the Midwest, right? Sleeping and, yeah. Yeah, no, arrangements. That's, that's going to take some time. But so, no, the thing is, is that's, that's kind of why we kind of had to rush doing the uh, show tonight. Yeah. Rather than a little earlier in the week than we typically do. Right. It's counterintuitive, which yeah. I say that word too much. But, well, uh, I think it's the flexibility <laughs> that uh, us Because I'm leaving, we had to do the show later because I had to do so much work that I couldn't get away till today. Now. I am busy guy. Busy Understand? Guy. Yeah, so uh, Wackerly, I've had kind of, uh, not really I want to say an interesting week. It's been relatively hectic, not too bad. I'm not going away this weekend, so, uh, you know, I'm on even pace. Uh-huh, right. But, uh, medium pace? Yeah, vegan <laughs> pace. But uh, this past weekend, I went and saw that movie Up on Sunday. Uh-huh. You seen that? Is that, did you go there to find Prey? For your pedophilic desires or what? Isn't that a kid's movie? Yeah, I was surprised they let me in the theater with that court order and all. But hey, you know. Take out of your pants. No, I was wearing that mustache and like the, uh, the disguise with the hornroom glasses, the uh -huh. hat. Trench coat. They had no idea. Nothing on under no. the trench coat. Didn't look like a pervert at no, all. No, dude, I saw it at night. It's a kid's movie, but they don't bring their children out at like the 10 o'clock showing. Well, normal parents don't. That, you know, there were actually a couple kids there, but for the yeah. most part, it was all Asians. It's in 3D, right? Yeah, no, yeah, if you're going to go see that movie, go see it in 3D. And surprisingly, at, for a kid's movie, it's rather dark. Uh-huh. Now, I know there's a fat kid in that movie, so were you seething with rage the whole time, or how did you get through that? I was just hoping that this kid wouldn't be regarded as a role model, you know, because he was this chubby... Does he get skinny at He the was end, a chubby Asian kid. How many chubby Asian kids are there? A ton. There aren't that many chubby Asian kids. Are you kids. kidding me? There's if, a I had to suspend my disbelief. You have, blind, you have blinders on because you're a Japanophile now or something. That I Dude, look at China. Realize. Okay, if you go to China and count how many kids, you know, are walking around. <laughs> We're not around. talking about in China. We're talking about he's a Chinese-American kid. There's plenty of yeah, that I guess Chinese he's, American there's, kids. He's, all right. But, but, so the, the, but what was dark about the story was in the first, like, ten minutes, the wife dies. Awesome. You know, and it's, uh -huh. so, like, it's sad, and everyone's, you can hear everyone's kind Does of bummed out. Does the old guy sodomize corpse or anything? 
No, that would have made that would have made the movie uh, that much better. Whoa, Pixar! Went from taking a three stars here. to five stars. <laughs> the necrophiliac version of uh, Up. That'd uh-huh. be nice. I don't know, Wackerly. Maybe there's a parody in your future. A parody porn. But so anyway, I went and saw the movie, and normally I tend not to get high before I go see a movie. Mm. But um, not, not these days, anyway. No, I used to. I there used was to, a time. There was a time where <laughs> drugs either you know make or made or broke my good times. Which is why even see a movie if you're not baked. There, there, it was pointless. I mean, yeah. I wouldn't even go on a road trip without being high. Yeah, but that that kind of wears off with age. So listen up, kids. You enjoy pot right now, and you're gonna like you're gonna envision yourself smoking pot through your sixties. Probably not gonna happen unless you live in Reno. <laughs> but um, so anyway, I was having a shitty day. Ran into my sister. She had a bunch of, just got like a, I don't know, like three bags of different kinds of weed. So I was like, all right, I'll uh-huh. smoke a little bit of weed. I got really stoned. I was thinking, you know what? Shitty day. I might as well go uh, go see the movie Up. Go see an uplifting children's movie. You know, an uplifting, effervescent uh, Pixar movie to make me feel better. Uh-huh. So I go over and go check it out. It's in 3D. Really cool movie to see really stoned. I can imagine. The, the 3D is incredible. But... Afterwards, I was walking out of the movie. It's only like an hour and 20 minutes or something. So uh-huh. I was still completely stoned. I walk out of the movie, and I went and saw it at the, uh, the new mall over there on uh, Market Street, the Westfield Mall. Have you right. been to that theater, the Century yeah. Theater? Yeah. The I leather think you seats. and I went and saw something there. Like uh, We saw No Country for Old Men. Yeah, the yeah. The, uh, the, the leather seats, kind of a nice place. So I was walking out. They don't let you cut through the mall, so I had to go the back way. It exits, exits right out into Mission Street. And as, I, as soon as I walk out, I, I go to light a cigarette, and I hear some voices behind me say, Hey, yo. And I look back, and it's just a gang of toughs. Uh-huh. Like a gang... Like Young a, toughs. A gang of hoodlums, probably, uh, you know, thugs. And Sharks or jets? No, these, these weren't greasers. <laughs> these were uh, thugs. Okay. I would say, um, yeah, they, they, they were definitely like all Ur- Would out. you call them urban youths? <laughs> I guess I would call them urban youth. Yes, definitely. And so I, I look I look over at the, the group of urban youth that were uh, milling about, smoking marijuana and uh, drinking their 40s and shouting at me. And at, at first, you know, I was so stoned. I, I was like, are they talking to me? And then the one yeah. that I just kind of... Because tur- sometimes you, know, you think people are talking louder than they really are and they're just talking about themselves and it sounds like they're yelling at you because you're high. Yeah, that, that's kind of what I thought. I was like, I'm tripping, whatever. So I start walking away, and I hear the guy say, hey, yo, 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 hold up, hold up. And I kind of turn back, and uh, the guy's like, aren't you in that band? You're in that band. And I was like, no, I'm not. And, uh, and then I was thinking, probably not in any band that you would have heard of. <laughs> but I, I was like, oh, whatever. I was like, no, I'm not. He's like, yeah, you in that band. You play the skin flute. And so then I looked at the guy, and at first it didn't even, like, I didn't even regard it as a slur. I didn't even really think about it. I just oh. kind of was like, I was so stoned. I just kind of looked at him. I was like, no, I think you know a different skin flute player. <laughs> and then he looked at me. He was just like. So you got clowned by the urban youth. Then you tried to clown them back. But unintentionally. I wasn't trying to <laughs> fuck with them. Yeah. I, you know, I just was when like. When you're outnumbered, don't, don't clown back. No, you definitely do not clown back. Because that will, you know, basically that will make them uh, look back at you and say, Fuck you, bitch. Well, now he's got to prove something. Yeah, and then uh, I just kind of turned around and started walking really quickly. Yeah, and you're on foot. You can sometimes do that if you're on a bicycle or in a car or on a skateboard. <laughs> Maybe, but I, I, just, I just turned around and started walking rather briskly. 
And uh, they, they started yelling things like, fuck you, bitch, where are you going, blah, 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 and uh, kind of made chase. Uh-huh. And as soon as they did, I passed by this homeless guy, this old, uh, kind of avuncular black fellow that was uh, kind of uh-huh. standing there drinking, yeah. drinking a 40. And he looks at me, he goes, keep on walking, boy. Did the urban youths uh, immediately hit him in the chest with an axe <laughs> after he gave you the advice? Dude, that guy wasn't coming to my rescue. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, contacting you. to make a long story short, I booked it across the street and I uh, went into Mel's Diner. Right. And it was the only thing that was open. And this was, it wasn't even that late at night. It was like 11.45 at night. What I was going to say was it's a completely stupid place to try and mug somebody because, yeah, it's Mission not, and Fork. <laughs> it's not a really desolate area and there's a restaurant right there. But I don't think they were. I think it was kind of planned. I mean, they just were trying to clown you. You clowned them back. The dude had to save face, and then he could just say to his buddies, like, motherfucker, ran into the diner. I think it was, you know what, I, I, I disagree. So he saved face. I disagree. You... I think it was wrong place at the wrong time for me. Like, these uh-huh. guys were walking around, they probably would just, okay, white guy, you know, kind of looks like a puss. Let's beat the <laughs> shit out of him and take his money. Little did they know I had $8 in my wallet, but. Well, there is, a, this is the downside of being, you know, a hipster fashion fag. <laughs> Dude, you would have been fucked with too. They'd no, been no, like, I really don't Nerd. think so. I really don't think so. I, I, there, the reason I tried, not the reason, but one of the advantages to dressing like an unemployed insurance salesman is you don't, you're not even seen. You just pass like a ghost in the nighttime when you like, you know, you blend into the background. Okay, ghost, why don't you try walking through West Oakland at three in the morning? But this is my point. You weren't in West Oakland. You were in like downtown tourist area of Chicago, of San Francisco. Well, it's kind of close to Sixth and Mission. I mean, I was a block away from Sixth and Mission. But you're also a block away from like the Sony Metreon and the, I was, Hil- and the Hilton. I was close to the Metreon, the Hilton. But you know, I mean, there's just a gang of toughs walking around. Saw a guy that they could easily give a sound thrashing Listen, to. all I'm saying is I know you've got the tattoos and everything and the leather jacket. Maybe you should go to Old Navy and buy yourself a corduroy overcoat. Or not do, an overcoat, but just, you know, a jacket. Do they still sell the coats with the patches on the elbows? Don't do that. It's going to call you out as, a, what, an English professor? Yeah, but are they really going to beat the shit out of an English professor? Listen, I'm obviously, this is not getting through to you, so... Um, me and you will go shopping next weekend. All right, well, and I'll we, give you uh, a nice nondescript, you know, outfit. You're gonna take me to J.C. Penney's? We can go J.C. Penney. I mean, I was thinking Old Navy was closer, but uh, all right, whatever Old Navy, you want, J.C. Penney's, just, just make me nondescript. Nowhere, nowhere near Hate Street, you know. Okay, you no, got me. Okay. No thrift stores. I, you know, I don't even. It's it's all about safety, not attracting women. So anyway, hey, it's a double-edged sword. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> so anyway, I end up uh, hiding in uh, Mel's diner like a puss, and uh, those dudes <laughs> not like a puss. I mean, what? I would have done the same thing. Well, who, who, just, wouldn't, who wouldn't have done that? You can stand up. Well, to, like, it worked six, out. It worked out dudes. well because oh yeah, exactly. Now there's there's no <laughs> this way this homeless guy will back me up. <laughs> well, you know, I was thinking, had I walked out of a Van Damme movie, maybe I might have tried something. But yeah. walking out of Up, I didn't even want to tell them what movie I just saw. I mean, <laughs> just would have beat my ass up. Boys. They would have beat my ass on principle. So I just, you know, kind of hauled ass into Mel's Diner, sat down, and uh, yeah, well, I kind of was hungry anyway, so it, it worked out well for me. But at, at any point, did you consider dropping some rhymes on them? 
to show no. that you were down with the streets. I was gonna, I was, I was gonna compliment his gold teeth, but then I thought, you know, he probably is not gonna get that. Yeah, yeah. might have been perceived as more clowning, or that you were gonna, you know, reach out your Jew claw and try and grab try it. Try to him. do something. If I would, you know, I should have flashed a Jew claw. I'm gonna scare him away. <laughs> but so I'm sitting there in, uh, in 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 the Mel's diner, and I'm just kind of watching, um, you know, the uh, the thugs who would have given me a sound thrashing slowly walk away, and I was thinking, I bet. They would have put me in the emergency room. Yeah, or the morgue. Now, you know, I don't think they ever kill white guys. Well, unintentionally they do. Yeah, sure. They knock Maybe. you over, your head hits the curb, although and then you they have experience you a curby, with that. They, they, they stomp <laughs> so you a couple times. And then they say, oh, shit, we went too far, and then they scatter. But don't who, you... who's going to testify? The old, the old homeless black guy? Yeah, no, he's not going to say anything. No. He's got an axe in his chest. But no, um, you know, the thing is, though, these dudes probably would have beat the shit out of me. And what do you do in that situation? Kind of roll up into a fetal position? Oh, just yeah. take cover the beating? Cover your ears. Go fetal. Cover your ears. That's what and you get do. kicked a few times. Put, I mean, Pull your knees up to your face. Yeah. Regardless, I would have ended up in ER. Yeah. And I was thinking about that. When's the last time probably you were in Probably with a bust first kidney, probably. Because you can't really cover your kidneys if you're covering your head. A bro- couple broken ribs, I imagine. Yeah, broken ribs. The yeah. kidney would worry me a lot more, though. So, so when's the last time you were in the emergency room? Uh, I was trying to think. It's like when I was in like junior high, I broke my arm. But actually, I I've taken people to the emergency room more recently than that. Who'd you take to emergency? Big Jer. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, I forgot about that when Big Jer passed out in the bathroom. But you know, wh- have you ever been in an ambulance? No. You know, I don't. I, I should knock on wood. I think here. I've stuck my head inside one. Maybe at like a county fair, where you know they would give like, "Hey, come support the e- EMTs and look inside the ambulance." But you have never had it. to ride in back of one. Never in a dire situation. You nope. know, neither have I. I've never been in the back of an ambulance. I mean, I don't know if you've heard, but I live in Oakland, and nine one one is a joke in O Town. <laughs> <laughs> so I just call it tax. The real number is nine one two. But no, you know, I've never been back of an ambulance. I think the last time I was in an emergency room was in Chicago when uh, I had this, like, horrific asthma attack on my brother's staircase and fell down the stairs. Nice. And, uh, yeah, <laughs> and uh, my brother still didn't call the ambulance. He kind of, like, woke me up and then just made me get a cab and took me to the emergency room. Did he see you fall down or did he just walk out and you were at the bottom of the stairs? No, I was walking up to – he opened up his door and right when I got up to the top of the staircase, I, was, I could barely even breathe. I was uh. just hacking. And just fell backwards and rolled down the stairs. Nice. Yeah. So I was in the emergency room uh, overnight that time. But you know that was like probably uh, twelve years ago. So it's been it's been a long time. But yeah. I was. I don't lead a. We neither not, neither of us leads a really risky lifestyle. No, and it, you know, injuries. believe me, I'm not. You know, I'm not bemoaning the fact that I haven't been in in a, in the back of an ambulance. I'm going to knock on the wooden floor. But so I was thinking, you know, an interesting interview in, in an interview I've actually sought for a long time here, it'd be an interview with an emergency medical professional. Like, whether it be an emergency medical doctor or, um, you know, a paramedic or an EMT, something like that. A nurse. A nurse or something something, something along those lines. And a few people in the past have, have written in saying, hey, why don't you uh, interview an EMT that, you know, works at a hospital in the Castro? So, obviously, it, you know, he would have some interesting stories. And so, you know, I've emailed hospitals. I've emailed... Um, uh, a couple of people who were uh, friends, friends of a friend who were, you know, an ambulance driver or something. Uh-huh. As soon as they find out the name of the show, they're repelled instantly. <laughs> 
It's just like, oh, sick yeah, and wrong. No, I don't think down so. The list, doesn't it? Yeah, and and there's like there was a guy that wrote this EMT blog, and it was kind of an irreverent blog. I emailed that guy. I was like, hey, you know, I'd love to chat with you and uh, get, get a couple stories here. And he was like, yeah, all right, I'll check out your show. He checked out the show, wrote back saying, no, mm. your sense of humor doesn't exactly coincide with mine. Sorry. Well. And I was just thinking, okay, yeah, you know, I mean, you're out there to save lives. We're out there to glorify the passing of lives. But hey, you know, teach his own. So um, as luck would have it, turned out a fan of the show is an EMT. I'm not quite sure which city he operates out of. It sort of happened in reverse. He found us. He found us. Well, uh, his name's Psycho Paul. Psycho Paul sent me an email saying he was an EMT, told a story, and I wrote back to him saying, hey. I've been trying to interview an EMT for several years now. Yeah. And I'd love to have you on the show. And he wrote back, it's like, oh, I'd be honored as if it's some huge honor to be on Sick and Wrong. And I was Who like... Who sings that song, Send Me an Angel? <laughs> I have no idea. <laughs> Never mind. Did, is that the song that's constantly going through your head? I thought maybe it was playing in the background <laughs> as you were reading his email. I don't know. It's serendipitous that we found Psycho Paul here. Mm. I mean, but you know, as, as far as uh, EMT drivers go... I think it's kind of cool to have one named Psycho Paul. Yeah. You know? I mean, you're already all fucked up. He's not well, going to Well, it'd be better than more. Comfortable Carl, who'd just be kind of creepy. <laughs> Cupping your balls. Yeah, you know, it's like you got this guy being You're going like, to die, son, but I'll give you one last hand job. And then no, you get, don't. And then you get Psycho Paul on the other hand being like, dude, you're so fucked, you're going to die. I know. Snap into a Slim Jim. Here you go. You. <laughs> <laughs> So anyway, I emailed Psycho Paul, and uh, I was like, hey, uh, you down for doing an interview? And uh, he was like, yeah, just give me a call this week. So I say we give uh, Paul a call and uh, find out what goes on in the life of an emergency medical professional. Okay. Psycho Paul, how's it going? It's D. Simon and Lance Wackley calling here from Sick and Wrong. Hey, Psycho. Hey, what's going on, Wackley? Hey, man, uh, thanks for coming on the show. No problem. But as I was saying before, I've been looking forward to interviewing an EMT or emergency medical professional for quite some time. So it, as fate would have it, you kind of found us. So that's kind of a cool thing. Yeah, yeah, it, uh, yeah I, I like the show a lot. Yeah, he's a fan, too. Good. Always makes it better. So, uh, Paul, I want to wish you a happy birthday. It was your birthday this uh, past weekend, right? Yes, it was. So, very happy birthday. Um, did you uh, end up going out? I, I got an email from Paul on Saturday saying he just got his shirt in the mail. So, he's planning on wearing it out. So, uh, <laughs> what, what, did you end up wearing it out to the bar? Yes, I did. I got uh, completely torched at the bar. The bar that I went to had like kind of a country western theme. And they literally had bar stools that had saddles on them. So nice. I saddled up to the bar and proceeded to get effed up. <laughs> is, is the saddle easier to stay on when you're drunk or more difficult? No, I was kind of shocked because uh, I've never been on a saddle before, and, and they're really fucking hard. And they <laughs> hurt. <laughs> yeah, I imagine it must uh, hurt the uh, ghoulies. Uh, yeah, I I don't know. I was I I had like four beers and would just told my wife oh, I'm going to stand now. You know, <laughs> so, so I was thinking, are all your friends like? Were you out drinking with a bunch of EMTs, like fellow paramedics or whatever? 
No, actually, um, everybody had plans, and so we just went, we went out uh, and and had a nice little social visit. I mean, I have other friends other than in the EMS business. Yeah, that's I imagine. I was just saying that, um, I was remarking to Wackerly that it must be nice. It must be like give you a sense of freedom to uh, hang out with an EMT. Like I, none of my friends are EMTs, and it'd be kind of nice because I, I would just be feeling like. I could drink a case of beer, shoot a speedball, pass out, and you could revive me. Uh, sure. <laughs> <laughs> you got that heart machine, right? That heart thing? Uh, yes. Yes, we do have that. It's called an AED. So you can do anything if you have one of those. Yeah, it's like a miracle device. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, dude. <laughs> well, I mean, there's a commercial-grade one for, for our profession, which does uh, a tremendous amount. And then there's the general public one that you'll find in the airports and random, you know, like Walmart, stuff like that, grocery stores. We have one in my office, actually. You have one of those in your office? Yeah, but no, we bought it, and nobody's ever been trained on it or anything. It's just one of those stupid, <laughs> frivolous expenses that my Do you even is. need to be trained to use one of those? Supposedly not very, but I mean, if you've never even touched the thing before, are you really going to use it if somebody goes down? No. No. I, yeah, I, don't, I, I think I'd electrocute him or something. So, Paul, uh, tell us, what, what does an EMT do? Like, it's emergency medical technician, right? Um, uh, yes. We obviously respond to uh, 911 emergencies and uh, just, you know, wh whatever the situation may be, whether it be an urban outdoor enthusiast that passed out on the side of the road or <laughs> Sounds familiar. Uh, somebody, you know, somebody's grandmother's dead, you know. Okay, so... I, I think I, I might have made a misnomer there by saying paramedic, comparing a paramedic to EMT. What's the difference between a paramedic and an EMT? Uh, a paramedic has much more schooling. Um, they, uh, they can push drugs and intubate and start IVs. An EMT cannot do any of those items unless uh, their service has individual protocols. So what what do you guys do when you respond to an emergency? Do you respond? Do you have like a paramedic who's your partner? Yes, yes. Okay, so he takes care of like the IV, and uh, you end up taking care of like emptying out the bedpan. Or how does that work? <laughs> <laughs> well, we don't really do bedpans per se. We just let them kind of do whatever they got to do on themselves. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, but. Um, but hook them up to the monitor, get vital signs, get uh, information from family members, you know, what drugs are they on, you know, are they on street drugs, are they on prescription drugs, do they drink, you oh, know, let's okay. get their medical history, such as that. So how long have you worked in the field? Uh, since 2004. Okay, so are you eventually going to train to become a paramedic? Yes, I am. Okay, well, that sounds good. So what city do you work in, Paul? Um, I can't tell you the city. I can tell you the state. Okay, what's uh, the state? I, I am in Oklahoma. Oklahoma. So that's uh, relatively what for for our our uh, foreign listeners here. It's the Midwest. Is it the Southwest? It, it, it's it's dead center of the of the of the United States. I mean, it's right above uh, Texas. We're right above Texas and just below Kansas. So in a city or in a, a state like that. I would expect most of the calls to kind of be in the, the car accident realm rather than like a violent crime. Am I right? Like, what, what's a typical call for you? Um, <laughs> to be perfectly honest with you, a typical call is uh, somebody that 
really doesn't need an ambulance. They just need a ride to the hospital so they can ask the doctors for more narcotics. <laughs> so what, do you just cruise around picking up junkies all day? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, uh, Sounds it's awesome. It's quite exciting. But, you know, you get those calls that, you know, your occasional, you know, dead bloated body in the river or something of that nature. Uh, the kind of, you know, we call those the keep you coming back calls. <laughs> but so you, you actually get calls when there's a dead body? I'm sorry, say again? So you, usually, you actually get calls when there's a dead body? Oh, yeah, yeah. My, uh, I'm, I'm what's known in the business as a black cloud. I'm kind of, it's called a shit magnet. <laughs> I mean, if there's, if there's something horrible, disgusting going on, that's my call. <laughs> well, that's why we have you on. So yeah, maybe exactly. we should just get into some of those uh, stories. Yeah, so, so tell me, like, what's... Give us an example here of a, of a disgusting call. Like, what, what's the most disturbing call you've ever been on? Um, I would have to say, um, here in Oklahoma, it's very, very hot and humid in the summer. Not like Texas Gulf Coast hot, humid, but it's pretty, it's pretty disgusting. It's oppressive. And uh, there was a house without air conditioning in, uh, I believe it was August. Um, it was probably a, a good 105 degrees inside the house and there were flies everywhere. Uh, we got the call as a check the welfare. Ooh. Um, and we get there, and the door's open. We walk in. You can obviously smell the smell of death. You know, it's like, oh, something's dead in here, brother. So how would you describe the smell of death? Is it like, like smells like a berry fragrance? Uh- <laughs> <laughs> it smells like my ex's ass. So I'm- <laughs> Descriptive, okay. I'll take um, that. Yeah, um, it, it just rotted, rotted meat would be the best thing. Like, you know, that you, you forgot about it, fucked up and left it, you know, on the counter or something and went away for a week and you came back. And it's like 100 degrees with humidity outside and it's just right, rotting. Right, right, So it's an unmistakable odor. So you knew exactly someone had died. Oh, yeah. You could tell that from the curb when we pulled up in the ambulance. Ooh. It's like, oh, dude. So, um... <laughs> We go inside, and, uh, and, and, you know, you can kind of follow the trail of flies, and they seem to be coming out of almost one particular bedroom, and so we opened the door all the way, and there was a guy who probably in his prime, like before he passed away, maybe weighed about 300 pounds. Oh, my he God. Is, he is so bloated, you know, from being dead for so long, his, his hands and feet were blackened, um, he he had appeared to weigh probably somewhere in the neighborhood of five to six hundred pounds. So who who <laughs> was called? mostly just full of gas, right? Yeah, but I mean, he was still full of gas, but like you know, he was hissing. <laughs> so it's like a slow leak. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's like it's, yeah, it's like a fucked up bike tire. Yeah, oh, like, Jesus. What's going on here? Do you guys but, carry respirators and stuff on the truck? We do have little, we have little masks, but I mean, you know, you do this long enough, you, you just kind of like, eh, you know, whatever. I was actually eating a chocodile at the time. <laughs> <laughs> so wait a second. How many years did it take for you to get to the point where you're comfortable enough to eat on the job? Well, I've been pretty sick fuck most of my life. But, wow. Uh, uh, this one, it, it, it took me a good six months before I could look like a shit-covered person and not go Fuck. You know? <laughs> but, it sounds um, like you have a thick skin. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, uh, the way I look at it is, hey, that's not me. Yeah. So, so 
And, um, but, you know, I mean, the, the police showed up and the fire crew showed up uh, because it was an obvious 911 call. And, Who uh, called it, it in? It, that was somewhat disturbing. Like the cops were outside throwing up, the fire crew was throwing up, and I'm eating the chocodile going, hey, you must poke him, he might pop. So, <laughs> so what, what do they do with a body like that? Like poke it with a stick, deflate them, wrap them up in like a, a, a you know, garbage bag? Like how does it work? They, uh, they have, you know, the body bags, the big, uh, big body bags that the medical examiner will come and pick those up, you know. But the, 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 the truly, that was just kind of the sick thing. The wrong thing was, is his brother was in the next room on his computer and never, ever once checked on him. Never once, he didn't log off the whole time we were there, he was on the internet. You know, and I'm like, uh, in hindsight, I'm thinking now after I've listened to your guys' shows, it was probably difficult to log off because he was on the inner tubes. It's a series of intricate tubes. Right. Well, you know, internet porn is quite enthralling. <laughs> it's kind of hard to distract somebody. But you'd think the odor would have made him be like, you know, I mean, we'll go check on my fat-ass brother that lives in the other the room next door. Oh, yeah. I mean, he even, you know, he says, like, well, I thought something smelled mighty funny around here. You know, and I'm like, just oh, was buddy. <laughs> was he a big guy? Uh, the brother, no, he was actually in a wheelchair. Oh, God. Uh, so, I like mean, a- it was kind of odd because when I walked in, I was like, yeah, there's no furniture here except for, like, one chair, you know? <laughs> wow. Sounds like a family of Rhodes Scholars. So, uh, Yes, they were they were in definite uh, risk of losing their Mensa membership. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, Paul, have you ever been on a, like, a call here that you lost your composure? Like, you, you're just like, I can't deal with this? No, there was uh, the only time I've thrown up in like since 2004, obviously uh, alcohol on a rare occasion, but um, listening to your show on the way to work one day, you guys made me freaking hurl, man. Do you know how hard that is to make a medic hurl? <laughs> yeah, I've, 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 Was it D talking about hooking up or something? Yeah. I mean, that what, makes what, me sort of chum a little bit. Was I discussing my sexual exploits or something on a... <laughs> No, you were talking about that toilet face with the mask and the funnel of diarrhea going into the... Oh, dude. <laughs> I seem to remember that I guess that I was porno. talking about my uh, sexual exploits. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> wow, that's, that's interesting that we actually kind of made you uh, vomit rather than your job. So, uh, yeah. so, Paul, though, I mean, have you ever had to deal with, like, uh, you know... a other than, I guess, like you've you've seen, like the uh, the other emergency professional, like get sick on the job. What about your partner? Um, you know what? I always make it, no matter who my partner is, I always make it an effort to either try to make them laugh or throw up. And I've only succeeded in once. So do you guys, I mean, do you have, are you assigned different partners every other year or do you usually have the same person you work with? Um, you can work, you, you know, you, you work shift with people and you can keep the same part for quite a while if you want, or if you can trade if you want. I want to know how you made him throw up. Um, I did have a partner at one time that was a little bit sensitive to the, uh, to the vomit and this lady had overdosed and she threw up on herself and she obviously had a very nice salad and I scooped up some of the lettuce. I was wearing a glove, of course. I scooped up some of the frisee lettuce on her, like, you know, between her arm and her body and I was like, mmm, frisee, and he lost it at that point. (laughs) Was so, it like the scene from uh, Stand By Me? <laughs> Just puking everywhere. So how often is that, you know, is, is feces involved in your line of work? Like how often do you have to go to a house and be like, oh, God, this person's
and shit all over the place, and we have to like you know pick them up and put them in an ambulance. It, it's becoming like a daily fucking thing in my life. I see. And I couldn't deal. I couldn't do it. it I. It, you, you know what I usually do is I just let the fireman, you know. <laughs> <laughs> you let the fireman handle that. Yeah, I, I'm like, you guys got gloves. I'm getting information, so I let the fireman pick them up, and I'm I'm pretty much I make myself unavailable at that point. <laughs> so, is there a sense of camaraderie with you guys and the firemen and the policemen that are that respond to a call? Absolutely. Um, uh, the policemen usually like us because we will take the drunks to the you know to the hospital to sober up rather than them having to do paperwork on it. Um, and then on that same token, the police take care good care of us. You know, when there's somebody that's extremely violent, which is much more prevalent in our world. Yeah, I see. We have to go um, into really shitty neighborhoods once, like you know, dangerous neighborhoods every once in a while or a lot. <laughs> Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, it seems like the the higher the poverty level and the higher the ghetto level, like there in the Tenderloin, I'm sure there's ambulances all the time. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Oakland, I but, think, might be a bit worse. Yeah. Hey, I used to live in Oakland, man. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, a bit dangerous. You know where I'm coming from. So so what's a violent call? Tell me, what's one of the worst, like, most violent calls you've ever been on? Oh, I had a dude bucking on the side, like, right next to the moneymaker, too, man. He, Wait, he stabbed the, you? I, Wait, I, I didn't get that. Did he stab you? No, no, he bit me with oh. his mouth. <laughs> That's almost worse. Yeah. <laughs> What'd you do? Like a, like a piranha. Um, let's just say I removed him from my thigh with all the malice I could muster. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, if, are you guys within your rights? Like, if you're attacked by someone you're trying to help, I mean, can you defend them, defend yourself with force? Absolutely. But I mean, is it kind of like a bouncer? You're just supposed to subdue the person, or can you just beat the shit out of them? <laughs> um, you know, they, they kind of frown for beating the shit out of somebody, but, I mean, if somebody bites you and the only way to get them off is to break their nose, you got to do it. <laughs> so what was this guy, like, high on PCP or something? Uh, no, no, actually, <laughs> I kind of felt bad afterwards because I found out he was my neighbor. But... <laughs> <laughs> He he was an off-duty bartender that just got a little torqued after work and uh, and and crumped out in a in a restaurant. <laughs> Wait, so he was passed out in the restaurant. You went over there to resuscitate him, and he just bit you. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I imagine cops... I, bit, I bit a bartender once. You bit <laughs> in college. Wackerly's been there. I don't think I don't think I took a big chunk out or anything, but. So what, what about family members, though? I mean, have you had to deal with family members who are completely freaked out and you've yeah, had to calm them? That's, it, that's where, I mean, you know, after being in the business for a while, um, it, my partner usually relies on me for that because he is still focused on the patient and I, I kind of take care of everything else. And, uh, and I'm, I'm, you know, I'm a kind of a big guy with tattoos, so I, uh, I I can generally corral people and relax them. And I, I tell them, I go, look, if I get excited, then you can be excited. Until then, we've got this. You know, everything's going to be fine. So is that the way you talk them down? You just kind of like have a, a soothing voice? You don't scream at them? Don't put them in a headlock? No, no, no. I would much rather make friends than enemies, you know? <laughs> Not that big of a town, bro. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, that would be the worst part. I mean, how often does that happen where you actually had to help someone you know? Besides the neighbor who bit you. 
You know what, just recently that had happened uh, to um, a family friend. I, I uh, He was having an MI. And, uh, well, what's an MI? Um, a heart attack. Oh, okay. So uh, he was he was having a heart attack, and it it's the one that we call the widow maker, you know. <laughs> and that one was it was a little difficult to to maintain my composure and my professionalism because he's such a great family friend. I mean, he goes to my kids' soccer games, you know. Him and his wife are you know they're they're real involved in our family's life. Yeah, that's got to be difficult. With professional detachment, I mean, must be difficult to maintain. Yeah, I mean, it's real easy with strangers to remain completely emotionless, but when it's somebody that you know and care about, you know, you're, uh, you know, basically, I just kind of stopped talking and said, let's go, you know? So, is it, I mean, how frequent is it that someone's actually died either before or during, um, you know, your care? Um, you know, as a basic rule of thumb, we don't like to harp on the fact that somebody dies in our care, but <laughs> we like to deliver them live to the hospital, and if the hospital dies, that's their deal. But <laughs> <laughs> You know, you actually, this kind of brings up an interesting point. If an ambulance, so you, 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 do you drive the ambulance? Correct, yes. Okay, so if you're driving an ambulance and, okay, you have someone dying of a heart attack in the back, and then you accidentally hit a pedestrian... Do you stop and throw them in the back, too, or do you keep going and call another ambulance? Uh, no, I would stop. We have drugs on the truck that we can stop uh, a heart attack. Um, we, we can, I mean, we can keep a person on a vent and shock them and keep them alive and do CPR on the truck. So we would probably stop and, re, re, like, basically a first responder type situation for the auto pad. I've um, always wondered that. And get another you... ambulance there. I've always wondered about that. If you got hit by like a speeding fire engine, if they'd be like, "Okay, we got to keep going." Sorry about that, dude. So heart attacks. I mean, they used to be a huge deal, right? Like, if you had a heart attack, you either died on the spot or you were super just weakened for you know maybe the rest of your life or at least a long time. And now it seems like people have them and they're kind of like back up and around, you know, three weeks later. Yeah, you know, I. Uh, my service is uh, is extremely, um, you know, like nationwide respected in the aspect that our save ratio. If we arrive on a on a scene and a person's dead and workable, um, meaning like they're not cold and dead, uh -huh. uh, if they're still warm and dead, they're workable unless there's rigor or you know pupils fixed or injuries incompatible with life, like you know being torn in half or you know, yeah. Uh, disemboweled or something like that, you know, but, um, we have a very good save ratio. We, we save a lot of people and, uh, some of them actually walk out of the hospital. Oh, wow. See, you mean, know, those are actually considered good saves. So what, uh, what leads to that? Just better drugs or, I mean, obviously the skill of you guys, but I mean, is there like a, you know, a device that's responsible for most of that? The AED but, thing that you carry around, is that a big help? <laughs> no, no, it's not. <laughs> it's an anchor from time to time. Uh, have you ever, I mean, how often do you ever have to use that thing? Oh, well, we use it on every patient because it gives us a, a set of vitals. It gives us our heart rate, uh, a rhythm. We can run, uh, you know, they call them EKGs on TV and in the hospitals, but they're 12 leads. Um, we can actually diagnose, you know, well, we don't diagnose, we treat symptoms, but we know what's going on. We can figure out if somebody's having a heart attack or not from that, that equipment. Okay. Okay. So, Paul, tell me this. 
how often have you been on a a sexual related mishap type of call? Like, uh, I, I mean, have, have you or your partner ever had to like you know remove the mag light from some dude's asshole? You know, <laughs> has that ever happened? No, no, we don't really in, remove impaled objects. We will tape them in place. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, yeah. You have to tape them in place. I, oh, I've got I've got two awesome stories for that one. Okay, I, I got to hear this. Okay, uh, my my partner and I, an older partner of mine and I, we get a call at like two in the morning. Uh, it's a nine one one hangup. Show up. There's a dude there. There's actually two dudes there that are probably in their late fifties and like fish belly. You know, they're fat guys, but they're wearing all latex. And one guy's got the freaking zip up mask on, right? The other dude is dead as a doornail with like this two and a half fucking foot black dong hanging out of his head. <laughs> <laughs> so when you walked, it was the guy with the with the zipper mask freaking out, like. Uh, no, no, no. He was like, he was like, um, is there any way we can keep this on the down low? And I'm like, I'm sorry. I don't even know what down low is, bro. <laughs> Mr. Mayor. <laughs> yeah. but he, he, you know, I guess he was a prominent man in the area or something like that. It was a very nice part of town. And uh, he was like, he was like, is there any way you can turn your lights off? I'm like, no, man. <laughs> so what, what did you have to do? Like, what was your response here? You know, I we I went over and checked for a pulse, and apparently, apparently this guy had expired a long time before his gentleman friend figured it out and was still rooting him with the dong. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, so when was the last time he made a noise when you were stubbing Big Sparky up his ass here? <laughs> He's like, he's like, I don't know. He stopped making noise a long time ago, and I'm like, okay, man. I mean, his his fingers were already starting to rigor. You know, I'm like, he's been dead a while. (laughs) So wait, was the dong still sticking out of the guy's ass? (laughs) Yeah, I mean, you know, this is. It was probably, I mean, it was like a two-foot-long black, it was like a big around as a fucking arm. Jesus. You know? it's like, it's like, I don't know what he died from, I'm guessing being impaled on this fucking dildo, you know? You know I've seen that video of that guy getting, uh, you know, sodomized by the horse. And yeah, yeah, I, I mean, that's going to be like a two-foot-long dong. And the fact that someone actually does this in real life, it's like, a, you know, it's not that big of a surprise that you probably died. Yeah. You know, I don't know if it's oh, the yeah, pain, lube. the hardest, <laughs> exactly. Well, I mean, there was like more nitrate on the nightstand and stuff. I'm like, these dudes are too old to be fucking around with this stuff, man. You know, <laughs> it's amyl nitrate, a popper. Yeah, yeah, amyl nitrate. They were they were doing with uh, the poppers. <laughs> See that that's the thing about being an old gay man. I think you do drugs all the way up until eventually you just expire. Yeah. With a dick <laughs> hanging out your ass. Burnout brightly. <laughs> exactly. So so what ends up happening? Did did like uh you know, the firemen show up and then you're like, uh, yeah, you guys gotta remove that dog. <laughs> or uh, I mean or do you just wait for the medical like examiner to come in? No, we um basically I canceled the fire department before they even had to go in and see it, and they were like they were cool with that. And once I told them kind of what was going on, <laughs> <laughs> I mean these are four dudes just sleeping in the same room, bro. You know you don't really want any of those kind of stories floating around. <laughs> so so what's the um, uh, second story you have here? Oh, dude. Okay, fourteen year old kid. Uh, you know those backpackers with the handles on them. Like say that again? Say that one more time. 
okay, we get the call, um, trouble unknown. We get there. The mom is like in a panic. She's like, my son's in the shower and he won't come out. And he says he needs an ambulance. So he, uh, we finally like kind of, I mean, at the interior bathroom door, I pick the lock, um, and, and get in there. Here's this kid on his hand. He's in the fetal kind of position with his face down into the tub. Apparently he's, uh, exploring his sexuality here rectally with the, uh, the handle of the shower scrubber. <laughs> he got stuck because it had one of those hooks on it, you know, to, like to hang over the little... shower curtain rod. <laughs> Yeah, how far yeah, was I don't it? Know. And uh, it, so I had to ask him. I'm like, I'm like, so uh, what happened here? And he's like, I slipped and fell. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm but seriously, tub, I'm looking at the tub that has all those like little sandpaper flowers and shit stuck to the bottom. <laughs> yeah, but but think but, about it, Wackerly. What would your excuse be? I wouldn't be like, well, you know, I just decided to shove the shower scrubber up my ass. I would say that I had an itch, and it was just on the inside of my butthole, and I slipped. Yeah, and then I slipped. I would be like, my brother did it. <laughs> so, so what did you do? Just, like, yank it out? No, bro. Um, like I say, we take things in place and transport to the hospital. I was cool enough to put a blanket over him, so it looked like he had a stinger coming out of his butt. <laughs> <laughs> so, what, so what's the conversation like in the back of that ambulance? Um, it got pretty silent when I asked him. I go, so do your parents know you're gay? And he's like, no, I'm not gay. And I'm like, well, you are now. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I'm not, I'm not sure if a shower scrubber up the ass makes you gay, but I don't know. I'd be willing to bet it probably hey, does. I, I, there's probably straight guys who like a shower scrubber in their ass. <laughs> so, <laughs> I don't want to know them, but... So does the family get the shower scrubber back afterwards, after it's extracted? I don't know. We took him to the hospital. He had to have it surgically removed. Oh, dude. <laughs> dude. God. So how often does a call like that happen? I mean, like once a month, once every couple that, weeks? Uh, that was a one time in my career call the uh the shower scrubber and the uh the two elderly leather boys was uh, uh unfortunately that's not the first time that call's happened <laughs> at that particular house <laughs> yeah there's there's a lot of uh there's a lot of really sexual deviance here in the bible belt you know <laughs> yeah i can imagine you know? all they all hang their hat on religion but they're all twisted Man. Yeah, I've always felt, you know, it's like the skeletons in those closets are piled high. Right. Oh, yeah. But, but they can't hold the candle to the castor. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> let's be realistic here. Well, Florida, man. Florida's a freak show. Yeah, no, I mean, oh, yeah. could you imagine being an EMT in Florida? No. Yeah, like, I, I, I've been to Key West. <laughs> yeah, I, I just wonder, like, uh, so how often have you ever responded to, like, a murder scene? How often does that happen? Oh, that's kind of a once a week, you know, there's going to be a shooting or uh, some kind of fishy circumstances. It's, I mean, it's, you know, they're dropping not that fast here. Yeah, I imagine it's Oklahoma. But, you know, but if you're like an EMT in Detroit, I imagine it must be every night. Yeah, if they even go out and get them, you know. <laughs> it's cold enough that you just leave the dead body there for a while. <laughs> Well, Paul, it sounds like you're like the perfect guy for this type of job. I know that I don't have the metal to do something like that. Like, would you be able to do that, Wackerly? 
pro- I, I tape, be, the, tape the shower scrubber in the dude's ass. I would be better at. I get, can do it. I would be better at getting the dead body, but no, somebody who is like all fucked up but still alive, that would freak me out. Yeah, I just don't think I, I'd be. I don't think I'd be able to. Like, have you ever had to deal with the jaws of life type of situation, Paul? But, oh yeah, I mean it. it. It, on, on what he was just saying, I mean, auto pads are traditionally the worst because you pull up on scene, there's somebody flopping around on the ground that's been ran over by a car, and they've always got, like, extra hinges, you know, like their femur and stuff like that. <laughs> yeah, disgusting. And they're always like, oh, am I going to live? And it's like, yeah, we're all dying. It's just a different rate, you know? <laughs> you're you're going to die just a lot quicker. Than yeah, don't sweat it, man. You probably got at least, like, another... 10 minutes, you know, you're, you're all good. It's all good. So Paul, uh, in closing here, would you recommend this line of work to, uh, you know, we have a lot of young listeners. Would you recommend this line of work to anybody? You know what? I, I would recommend you can go to pretty much any of your local EMS services and do an observation ride. You have to watch a little video that, you know, for bloodborne pathogens and then you sign a waiver saying you won't sue them if you die. <laughs> And uh, you can do an observation ride and go check it out and see if that's what you like. It, it's the worst paying job of your adult life, but it's the most fun I've ever had. So just go get really, really high and go on one of these observation rides, and it's better than going to, like, Great America. Right. <laughs> I'll never watch Faces of Death again. Boring. I would, n- I would never endorse drug use to America's youth, but, man, the 80s were awesome to me. <laughs> <laughs> well, Paul, thanks for being on the show and uh, chatting with us. And, uh, hey, man, you, you lead an interesting life. Is I, it- I- I'm also going to tell you guys that you guys can call me anytime if you have any medical question. Wackerly is very, very smart medically, but sometimes he misses the words a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right. No, we'll keep that in mind. On, but you know what? I think you'll be our new consultant when we have a, uh, a medical dilemma. Right. A medical dilemma. If I can't, if I don't know it immediately, I can find out in like ten minutes. So. All, right. all right. Well, Paul, happy birthday, man, and uh, thanks for being on the show. Thanks, guys. I appreciate it. All right, take it later, easy. dude. All right, you too. Bye, bye. Now that's an interesting guy to talk to. Yeah, it is. Yeah, I'm kind of glad that we had him on the show. It, what's interesting to me is that there, there's so many. We have such a diverse audience. Uh, you know, I noticed on the forum, people, someone started a thread saying, "You know, what type of job do you have?" Mm-hmm. And it's like we get all these emails from people, you know, office jockeys, much like us. Yeah, you know, that say, "Hey, you know, your show gets me through the day and it helps me endure my." mind-numbingly boring job of like filing paperwork in the cube farm being an admin assistant and bombing a corpse what have you right and uh you know every now and then you get you get the guy that writes in that's like yeah i'm a stevedore or uh you know i'm a a porn star i'm a personal trainer or (laughs) psycho paul (laughs) (laughs) you know a prostitute but you get psycho paul calls in he's like i'm you know an emt right and so you know a lot of people out there have some interesting stories so it, it was kind of cool to talk to somebody who's actually had practical experience and not to mention has a sense of humor. Like yeah. you, you know all those doctors, emergency medical doctors, and uh, you know, I've, I've read stories about people in med school and uh, ambulance drivers, EMTs. You know they have a sense of humor. You know they pull pranks. You have to. But they don't want to broadcast it. Yeah. It's you know? probably a sensitive subject. <laughs> but no, uh, Paul's a fascinating guest. and It's kind of cool to know that there's a guy out there wearing a sick and wrong shirt saving lives. 
Well, he was drinking on his birthday with the shirt on. I don't think he wears the shirt. Maybe under his Maybe uniform. Maybe under the uniform. Yeah, that's under true. Under the jumpsuit. There's probably just blood all over the thing at this point. <laughs> yeah, you can have blood splattered sticking wrong shirt. Yeah. Well, actually, uh, we, we got to get to some phone calls and uh, some email here. But before we get to that, people, make sure you visit our sponsor, adamandeve.com. Uh, you should know by by now that uh, Adam and Eve has a special offer for all Sick and Wrong listeners. Right. They love you that much. If you go to adamandeve.com, you get 50% off just about any item when you type DIDDLE, D-I-D-D-L-E, for the offer code coupon checkout. Plus, with the order of 17 bucks or more, they'll throw in a free gift. And, you know, I could just imagine what that free gift might be. Maybe it's a two-foot-long black dildo. Yeah, and uh, <laughs> you, can go co- you can go kill old gay men with that. So get 50% off with uh, offer code DIDDLE at adamandeve.com. But be safe. be safe with your dildos, people. You know, ch- Every once in a while, check for a response with your partner. Take yeah. a pulse. If rigor mortis is happening in any limb, yeah. stop. Call 911 right away. Call Psycho Paul. <laughs> He'll be discreet about it. Dildo <laughs> removal specialist. <laughs> he didn't remove it, actually. So yeah, I take just, that back. He tapes it in. He tapes just tapes it, tapes it in, in yeah. and takes it don't, You don't want it jiggling around. So, yeah, Wacker, we got a number of calls to the Sick and Wrong Hotline. People, you can call the Sick and Wrong Hotline at 206-666-3846. You can also email us at sickandwrongpodcast at hotmail.com. And I believe we have a Skype number set up at uh, Sick and Wrong Podcast, even though I rarely ever check it. So, uh, I know we <laughs> so got a number. you're better off not using that <laughs> unless it's an emergency. Yeah. Um, so, uh, Wacker, yeah, let's uh, do call number one here. You know, Wackerly, yeah, um, when that happens, I'm willing to wager that that probably isn't your girlfriend. It's hard to say, <laughs> but uh, normally she doesn't sound like Aunt Jemima. <laughs> but did did you have a shudder of panic just kind of shoot through your system when you first heard the first couple of seconds of that? I was like, "Oh shit, this is Wackerly's girlfriend." I, I love how like that that black girl voice for white people <laughs> it always sounds the same. Yeah. You know. I think, you know, a lot of people have never seen a black person, but they saw Roots when they were a kid, and yeah. everything stems from that. Or they watched, like, A Different World, and, they, you know, they saw Lisa Bonet or uh, Yeah, I don't Whitney. think they talked like that even on <laughs> A Different World. <laughs> maybe Good Times. Yeah, maybe Good Times. Okay, they watch Good Times or Sanford Son. Uh-huh. And they get the wrong impression Starsky of how black Hutch, girls talk. Huggy Bear. <laughs> so, but did she actually listen to that show? I wonder if... Uh, but he's referring to um, the girl that called in last week said that she had friends in Chicago and they all listened to the show. Mm-hmm. And we were saying that we wouldn't mind going and partying with a bunch of sisters. Yeah. So you're making sure that if my girlfriend didn't listen last week and get pissed at me, not this week, she'll get pissed at me. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah, that's what happened. <laughs> well, maybe we'll get another phone call. But uh, thank you, Wankerly's girlfriend. Yeah. Woman, don't be giving no sass. <laughs> What's that call number two? in uh, Denver. I was calling to uh, leave you guys a story about my cousin who was uh, in the Navy in the 80s and uh, on his first tour of duty they uh, got shore leave in the Philippines and uh, 
about 10 minutes off the boat, he was in a hotel room with a Filipino girl having uh, anal sex doggy style with her on the bed. No, they just decided to start dating. <laughs> he, met, all. he met his true love. He was like, you complete me. Because he was maverick. <laughs> Dude, his brother you, in the 80s in the Navy. Wouldn't you be wary of just meeting some random Filipino on the street? I Filipino girl? I think it's pretty standard procedure in the Navy when you're in Thailand or for the Philippines that yeah, you dude, go get a whore. You're over there. You're drunk. There's a lot of trannies. Yeah. There are a lot of transsexual well, prostitutes over there. Maybe you, don't, how, how maybe, you, you know? don't, maybe you don't care so much at that it, point. But in the military... But there's a, there's a long tradition, and I'm sure there's like, here's what you do, here's what you don't do. You know, it's passed down through the through the generations of ranks. What is it like if it's a girl, you can fuck her with your eyes open. <laughs> if she's yeah. got balls... Close your eyes. Yeah, if she has a dick, say you're a Marine and you're not in the Navy. (laughs) (laughs) And suddenly he he started smelling uh, this odor, you know, this kind of uh, poop odor. Was it the food? (laughs) (laughs) Bok choy? I don't know what they have in the Philippines. Blood sausage. And uh, the next thing he knew, this girl was showering him with diarrhea from the uh, from the nipples down he was covered with um, diarrhea so uh, he, uh, as he's got you can a imagine, shit v-neck shocked and uh, he uh, well, put a long story short since he's got to be under three minutes the uh, the uh, thing is about three days later he got an infection in his penis where he couldn't Properly, it was hurting. So <laughs> that's called had, the clap. <laughs> <laughs> I know, I was about to say, gonorrhea, <laughs> maybe. <laughs> they had to uh, had to go to the infirmary, and they, um, I don't know exactly if they put a rod in there to clean it out or what, but I guess he had a piece of uh, corn or something stuck in his penis from the force of the diarrhea <laughs> coming out of this prostitute anyway so uh that's that's a poop story and it's pretty sick and wrong uh talk to you guys later bye they don't have corn in the philippines you don't know they get those little tiny chinese corn oh you know what yeah, i'm talking right, about right. i bet you it was one of those baby kinda, corn yeah baby corn stuck inside <laughs> of his dick, hole. In his dick? <laughs> so who has sex with a filipino whore without a condom navy men I guess maybe you're in the Navy and anything goes, but... You're clean, right? Yeah. (laughs) I don't know how drunk you have to be to have anal sex with a hooker in the Philippines, or anywhere, actually. Anal sex anywhere with a hooker without a condom. That's probably a good policy. I think corn stuck inside of your urethra is the least of your worries. Yeah. There was corn. They got that out. Couldn't get the AIDS out, though. (laughs) <laughs> the rod did not remove the AIDS. <laughs> we tried and we tried, but the AIDS is so far up there. Yeah, sorry, dude. Sorry. We just actually ended up pushing it in further with the rod. God, but the diarrhea spray must have been awful. That would just, that would just ruin the moment for me. I don't I don't know. I'd be like, you know what? We're done here. I got to take a shower. You need to leave. And that's half off. I was going to say, do you still pay? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, seriously, dude. I would be half off. Wouldn't you be frightened of her, her Filipino pimp? Who's probably feeding her all the corn. Yeah, I would be upset. I'd be upset. I think I'd take the issue up with him. Yeah, but he might... Well, never mind. <laughs> point is he's going to kick your ass. Pull out a machete. Yeah. <laughs> I'd run into Mel's diner. Yeah. 
Or on the, you know, aircraft carrier. <laughs> Maybe <laughs> Whatever. I'd run away There's and hide. guns there. <laughs> What's up? Call number three. Hey, Dean Lance. This is Carl from New York. I was listening to one of the old shows today, and uh, you, call, you asked for calls about a corpse. Um, this isn't quite on topic because the guy wasn't a corpse yet. Uh, I was driving home from work one day, late at night. Um, I had a car with a single headlight. One was out. And I'm driving along a road with no uh, lights whatsoever and uh, happen upon a guy laying in the street, feet towards the shoulder, head towards the yellow line. I do the quick swerve around, do not run over him. Uh, I pull over and I look in my rearview mirror to see if the guy's going to get up. And I like how our listeners have to specify, I did not run over him. <laughs> Also, working late, i.e. collecting protection money. <laughs> Carl, you pay me. Uh, I wonder how drunk this guy was at the time. My my point is, I see a guy lying in the road, motionless, and I swerve around him. I keep driving. I don't. Yeah. You, seriously, I wouldn't stop. You don't go back for a photo op or anything? Dude, I've seen enough zombie movies. I know what that's all about. Oh, right. That's a good point. I mean, think about it, dude. The guy's lying motionless. That, that's when you get attacked and your neck bitten. Yeah, he could be just a decoy, and then the zombie is at the side of the, out of the light cone at the side of the road. That's when they can attack you. I would just, I, I mean, I don't know if it's, if it's my fear of zombies or my uh, lack of concern for other people's welfare. Yeah. Either way, I'm driving. It's my fear of Michael Jackson. Yeah. <laughs> As I'm looking in my rearview mirror, another car coming up behind me runs the guy over. Boom, boom. You know, waiting for the sound. Oof. And uh, he pulls over and then takes off. Now the guy's still laying in the street. So I proceed to chase down the guy that ran the, the dude over to see if I could, uh, you know, bring him to the attention of the cops, perhaps. Uh, he was too fast for me. My car was incapable of uh, maintaining that kind of speed. So I turn around, double back, head back to where the dude's laying in the street, get there in time uh, for the uh, cops to arrive. They interrogate me like I was some sort of uh, kid toucher. <laughs> kid toucher. First guy Corpse on the toucher. Scene. I was missing a headlight. You know, uh, all these things. They thought I was the guy that ran the dude over. Um, Turns out the body parts left in the street adjacent to the guy um, did not match my car, were not missing from my car. Is he talking about the body parts from the corpse? Yeah, I think when the second or car hit it. Or is he saying the it. body of the car? That's what he's not missing from my car. Oh, that's a good point. Yeah, I, I think he might <laughs> be talking about that. He's either saying that, yeah, there were like, you know, pieces of bumper and uh, quarter panel. Debris from the car. That didn't match the color of his car, but he could also mean that, you know, there's like, there's a chunk of arm over here, and there's no blood splatters on my, you know, Hyundai or whatever. I didn't, think a, I didn't think a human body would do that much damage to a car if it's lying on. If you just run over it, well, you might be a big guy, big fat guy. Yeah, I guess that could happen. Arnold Schwarzenegger, <laughs> Dolph Lundgren, he's still alive. So is Arnold, though. <laughs> Shit. The car. They were missing from the car that I watched uh, run the dude over. So. uh End of the night, they finally release me. The helicopter comes, takes this guy away. And, helicopter. Uh, last I heard of that poor sap, a uh, couple of days later in the newspaper was a small, uh, you know, three sentence article that the, the guy was actually still alive after being run over by a car. 
no uh, no reason as to why he was laying in the street. <coughs> Excuse me, but uh, that's something I'll never forget. Looking in my rearview mirror and watching a dude get run over. Ooh, nasty. Anyway, keep up the good work. I love the show. Take it easy. Bye. Hope it's under three minutes. <laughs> that's good. Yeah, no, I think he did make the three-minute mark. I can't believe the guy lived. Um, he obviously didn't have his head run over by the car. No, he must have been clipped in the feet or the hip area. You know, I would... But, I mean, he's probably fucked up. I would make it my life's purpose. Maybe not my life's purpose, but a goal in my life to track this guy down and find out why were you lying in the road. Oh, I thought you were going to say if you were the guy who got run over, you'd make your life purpose to find the guy who ran your ass over. Dude, that's what, that's what happens if you die and then you come back and, you know, stalk but the guy. That's what kind of blows my mind about this phone call. I've already specified that I have a lack of concern about the welfare of others, so I would have just kept on driving uh-huh. and fear of zombies. Yeah. But if I saw a guy hit somebody, I'm not going to chase the guy down. Who does this guy think he is? James Garner? Um, I mean, is this, is this Columbo? James Rockford, is that you're talking <laughs> the about? The Rockford Files. I mean, he's like a high-speed chase to track this yeah. dude down. Well, Rockford only would do it if he was getting paid. I mean, even Rockford wouldn't take take it to that level, I believe. Okay, Magnum P.I. Still needs to be paid. Was his black friend <laughs> flying the helicopter? I, I, I don't, I don't we wouldn't have lost him if AC was up in the air. Or TC, but, what but, the fuck was Would you name? have given chase? Or would you have just kind of sat there and been like, wow? Uh, well, you might start, and then as you're chasing the dude, be like, what the fuck am I going to do if I stop him? Like, hey, don't do that, buddy. I mean, you could get his license plate. That would have been a good thing. This guy's not a pot smoker. No. I think a pot smoker would have been like, damn. Whoa. Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> well, that was an interesting story. Uh, thank you. Um, I do an extra big bong rip when I get home. <laughs> Thanks for calling that one in. Yeah, that was a good one, Carl. Yeah. God. Yeah. Gruesome. All right. The uh, fourth caller here, I think it's the last call. I believe this is a local call, but I could be wrong. Hey, Dan Lance. Um, I'm Cameron from Alameda, and I'm 13. <laughs> I might sound a lot older because I'm cold, but... And it takes tons of steroids. <laughs> yeah, I was about to say, dude, this guy's voice is deeper than mine. Right. He's 13. I wonder if he could fill in for you as a co-host. You know, is, is this, is this kind of a for... nice, gravelly, uh, you know, toned voice? I'm worried that this guy is one of those dudes that kind of trolls around that Dateline NBC show where they oh, catch right. a predator. With what's his name? Yeah, I don't know. The guy that just ruins <laughs> all the fun for everybody. <laughs> the party killer. <laughs> okay, but, but yeah, dude, his, his voice is strangely deep. Chris Hansen's right behind you, dude. <laughs> <laughs> don't turn around. Gotcha. Um, I... I had a question about pot and I couldn't think of a, any better guys to ask than you. That's sad. So I'm going to play freshman football next year and I have to get a physical for it. And that physicals, I heard you get your, uh, your piss tested for drugs. So I just wanted to know how long pot stays in your system and if there's anything you could do to get it out faster. Thanks, guys. I love your show. Bye. So the first thing I'd be concerned about is the fact that there's going to be some doctor cradling your balls, making you cough. (laughs) (laughs) I always hated that part of the physical. Well, that's you. Maybe some people enjoy it. (laughs) I don't know, dude. But when do do football tryouts start? They they start before school, right? It's in like August. Really? Beginning of August? It's like the month before, yeah. Because then you have to go through this arduous training. Believe me, my first thing, my first recommendation is, kid, 
Don't play football. Continue smoking pot. Seriously, you're 13 years old. Start playing guitar or something. If, if you want to get laid, which should be your goal in high school, we've mentioned this before, don't play fucking football. But you're, you're... Okay, you're talking from your jaded history. When you played football, you sucked. And you were like, what? Like, I don't know, the shittiest position. Were you the kicker or something? You're not going to get... <laughs> were, you the, were you the guy who holds the ball when they're about to punt it? I, my position was known as ball handler. Okay, wackily. I was the but official this guy, ball handler. So you didn't get laid, but maybe this kid's going to be the quarterback. And you can definitely get laid if you're the quarterback. The quarterback might or, get laid. Or, you know, the running back who catches the you know winning touchdown Put pass. it this way. Only a handful of people on the team are going to get laid. Because there's only a few slutty cheerleaders. Not all cheerleaders are slutty. Contrary, yeah, a lot of them are born again, which yeah, sucks. Yeah, contrary to what you see in, like, you know, all the... Uh, teeny American Pie type movies. Now, if you're gonna, if you're good enough where you can play college, yeah, you're gonna be getting laid in college. And if oh you can play God. pro, More you're gonna be getting, seat. yeah, you're gonna be getting laid. You know, like no one's business. I think college is the peak time, though. Even the pro, even the pros are usually married, or you know, yeah, they get they get a couple high profile girlfriends. But well, in college, you're in your twenties and your pros, I'm sure those guys are getting ass. They're probably, maybe. I mean, but they you, have but, people but out again, there that have to fend off the ass. Yeah, and that's the thing. You have handlers who keep like all the crazy, crazy bitches away from you. But in They're college, just after your semen. In college, I think it's like a free for all. But in high school. If you're the quarterback, you might get laid. If um, you know, if you're a running back, maybe you'll get laid. But if you're just like a defensive end or a lineman, <laughs> you're not getting any ass, dude. You're you are sitting there engaging in arduous physical activity for nothing. Yeah, you're probably gonna get hurt. So the question is, are you any good at football? <laughs> if you're really good, let's say he's really good for the sake of argument. He's got a month and a half. To 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 somehow get this out of his system, should he keep? Should he stop now? Should he keep smoking pot until like a couple days before? And okay, just you're take discounting my recommendation of not playing football at all and playing guitar. No, well, to get no, asked. Look, we, we have to deal with this question in two parts. I'm saying. Okay, all right. if you if we're trying to maximize his ass getting, there there's two scenarios. If he's really good at football, I still think he should go and try and you know get through high school and go play for UCLA or something, and then he's going to get more ass than you can ever even imagine see okay i'm not, uh, before i get to your other question your other point here I and then we'll deal going. with the second scenario if he's so, not very good let, let me just finish off the first scenario i played football in high school i didn't get any ass because i sucked and i'm also kind of ugly but as soon as i was like i think we we're sophomores we quit about halfway through and just started smoking weed uh-huh and but didn't, girls, didn't start <clears> playing <throat> the guitar I didn't play guitar because I, I really don't have any musical talent. <laughs> Had I played guitar, I probably would have got more ass. But I noticed when I started smoking weed and hanging out with the stoner chicks, far easier to try to like to scam on a girl and to get laid. So did you get laid? Yeah, of course. Right. I mean, I eventually got laid just from uh, smoking weed. But now if you played an instrument, by the time you're in a college, you could start up a band and people in bands get ass. I think we've said that before. Right, but not as much as the dudes on the football team in college. I don't know if this this thirteen year old is good enough to be. That's on. the question. Well, that is the question. <laughs> but okay, now let's let's su- suppose for the sake supposing of for the sake of argument that you are good enough to play college football and you're really concerned about passing your so called drug test, which I don't think they give you. 
uh, when you do your freshman physical here. Especially in Alameda. Yeah. I mean, every <laughs> I mean, adult in Alameda smokes pot. <laughs> I would be stunned if they give you this drug test. It's like a mid upper middle class liberal enclave. Like everybody there is high. Everybody you, on the board of, you know, the school board is I high. I think you have your you're listening to your naive eighth grade friends that are telling you this. But anyway, if you if you want to heed their warnings and you're really worried about it, yeah. this is what I recommend. Don't go through, like, to, don't keep smoking pot and then take, like, gold seal or some other kind of masking agent. First of all, it's expensive. It's expensive, and I really just, I doubt, doubt its effectiveness. What I would do, and I've heard this from uh, friends of mine that were in the Marines, just don't smoke weed for, like, three weeks and drink a lot of water. Weed stays in your system for about, they say, three to 30 days. Like a shitload of water. Like seven of those big, tall, uh, you know, crystal geyser bottled water things every day. Just drink a lot of water. A ton. I mean, I, I think if you drink more than more than ordinary, like the, more than the ordinary amount, I think you'd be fine because you're going to piss it out. And uh, yeah, it, maybe your test might be inconclusive, but you're not going to test positive for weed. Does alcohol have the same effects as the water? <laughs> I don't know if that, beer might because beer's part, you know, percentage of, of water. Yeah, but you know, the fact of the matter is, you're going to basically piss out most of the the THC. So keep smoking weed for another three weeks. The alternative, and then though, you're gonna have three weeks before you know August first. The alternative is uh, don't get your girlfriend's piss, but go get a friend. You know your your younger brother's piss because they can just, tell the difference between uh, girls, a and male guys. and female piss. <laughs> Plus, and he's keep, probably smoking pot with his girlfriend. So. <laughs> and keep that bag of urine in your pocket, and when you have to go take your piss sample, just empty it out. That that way, you can keep smoking pot up the day, the night before. Actually, you can smoke up the hour before your physical. You can smoke as you're walking in the door. <laughs> the added benefit of being, uh, how old are you when you're going into 8th or 7th grade? Or like 13 or 14. Um, if the dude comes in to watch you, <laughs> you can accuse him of being a pederast. <laughs> exactly. You could be like, you <laughs> When pedophile. you're an adult, you can't do that if they catch you with a bag of urine. That's what are you looking own. at, you kitty toucher? Yeah. That's exactly. That's yeah. all you got to say. Let's just keep this between you and me or uh, <laughs> you know what the internet is like. Why don't you? I'll call I the recommend- right now. Just stop smoking pot for a few weeks and drink a lot of water. Or play guitar and you'll really get some ass. That's all I got to say. And you can keep smoking weed. Yeah. Uh, people, thank you for calling the Sick and Wrong Hotline. 206-666-3846 is the number. And uh, you can also email the show at sickandwrongpodcast at hotmail.com. And uh, yeah, well, actually, we got a couple of emails I wanted to get through. One is a thought experiment that came from a guy named Jay. He says... I hope it's a good one, because I've seen a lot of shit thought experiments. Well, it's really. interesting. It's based on a phone call from last week. Oh, okay. He says, hey, guys, I have a thought experiment for you based on the phone call uh, about the black guy with a small dick from last week. Oh, yeah. Would you rather have a one-inch penis or a malformed T-Rex arm sticking out of your shoulder and a 10-inch cock? 10-inch cock. So you'd rather have a one inch, or so you would rather not have a one inch penis and two normal arms. You'd rather have a malformed T Rex arm and yeah. a ten inch cock, right? Dude, would you ever get laid with a malformed T Rex arm? Yeah, I would just get a fake arm. Yeah, you can't take off the little T Rex arm. Yeah, you can, dude. You, I mean, no, you get an augmentation, an extension with a hook on the end. Two T-Rex arms, I would say I'd take the one-inch dick. But as long as I have one regular arm to jerk my huge 10-inch <laughs> cock off with and, you know, write my name and stuff and wipe my own ass. I, so, okay. You would oh, say... I do not want a one-inch dick. <laughs> you would say having a one-inch dick would be worse than having a deformed arm? Yeah. One deformed arm. Well, I just wonder if one deformed arm, you're still not going to get laid. Yeah, you will. 
okay, you're probably going to get laid by another you'll probably amputee. Get laid, you'll get laid more with a one-inch dick because, you, like you were talking about last week, you can do the surprise, I got a one-inch dick, but you're already naked, so let's do it. <laughs> but if you have a 10-inch dick and you get laid once, it's like a snowball effect, right? She's going to be so impressed, so floored by right. the and size of your Right, and it's going to get member. out amongst the uh, female crowd, her group of friends, and, okay. and you know, more and more, just these girls are going to be flocking to you. Let me rephrase the question here. Would you rather have a one-inch penis and look like Brad Pitt or a deformed T-Rex arm sticking out of your shoulder and a 10-inch cock? Still the second. Still the second? But yeah. think about how much surprise ass you could get having the one-inch dick looking like Brad Pitt. Um, yeah, but it would just always be like, you know, that disappointment, <laughs> that look of disappointment in the chick's eye. It just wouldn't be satisfying sex. Now, here's maybe better. What about having like a deformed face and, a, you know, not just Well, not, then I'd rather have a one inch penis because at least you're getting something. Yeah. If you have a deformed face, it's, uh, you know, multiples of 10 orders of magnitude harder to get laid now. I think, you know, Wackley, I think I agree with you. I'd rather have a deformed T-Rex arm sticking yeah. out of my shoulder with a 10-inch right. cock than yeah. a 1-inch penis. Because you can cover it up. You can you wear know, a sling and pretend you your arm's You wear a sling, broken. you put it on the inside of the jacket. Like I said, you get some kind of a, a prosthetic extension. You get like a Terminator arm. Yeah, Terminator With like arm. a dildo on the end of it and be yeah. like, no, I have a 10-inch cock, I got yeah. a dildo arm. No. Yeah, you don't want the dildo to be longer than 10 inches. Though. You want the dildo to be like 5 inches because that's just a preview, and then you're like, now look at this. <laughs> so I wonder if AdamandEve.com sells uh, arm dildos. Dildo arm? Edward dildo hands? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I, I can't say that. I, I haven't made it through their entire catalog yet. I'm working my way through it. So there you go, Jay. We would both rather have uh, malformed T-Rex arms sticking out of our shoulders with 10-inch cocks than a uh, micropenis. We got another email here from Dr. Uh, Gershowitz. <laughs> and she writes in, please don't laugh. Uh, hi, Dean How do you Lance. Know it's a her? Uh, her first name's Desdemona. Desdemona so. Gershowitz. <laughs> I'm trying not to laugh. <laughs> We're laughing with you, Desi. Uh, she writes in, "Hi, Dean Lance. I'd like to thank you for keeping the Gershowitz podiatric practice entertained during slow times." What, so she's like a Greek Jewish chick. I mean, what what is going on here with this name? I don't know. I'm confused. It's the, uh, but it's nice to know that uh, podiatrists listen to the show. Uh-huh. Although we scramble to switch to Muzak whenever a patient comes in, we really enjoy listening to the podcast when it's just us in the office. As a podiatrist, I've seen some pretty gross feet in the three years I've been practicing, and I thought I would share a story from last week. Uh, last Thursday, an elderly man came in with pain in his left foot. It turns out he was suffering from diabetic neuropathy. And his feet had ulcerated and had become infected. I wish I could give you more details, doctor-patient confidentiality issues, but I googled diabetic neuropathy and found these pictures. My patient was worse, but these are still pretty bad. Anyway, thanks for keeping us entertained, Dr. Gershowitz. I think Dr. Gershowitz should write us in about gout. I am sure Dr. Gershowitz probably has many gout stories. Because you love gout. I like to say the word gout. You bring up gout at the drop of a hat. Gout's no joke, Wackerly. Yeah, it is, because you always bring it up. I don't know why you, uh, you're so obsessed with it, but that has some effect on your feet, right? Dude, you're going to have gout when you're older. I don't even know what gout is, but I know it has something to do with your feet. I just know it's really painful. You always bring it up, and, and I want to know what it is, so hopefully 
D- Dr. DG can, can maybe tell us what the hell gout is. Well, Dr. Gersh sent us in pictures. The Gersh. <laughs> the Gersh here. So she, she sent us in pictures of this guy's diabetic neuropathy, and I, I got to admit, they're absolutely appalling. Yeah. So we're going to put one of the pictures up on the site. So I'd like to thank uh, Dr. Gershowitz, uh, Dr. High, and Dr. Peterson. Um, Jaime? Uh, yeah, I don't even know if it's. Oh, that's uh, his last I don't know if they're all doctors, but uh, all the all the people over at the Gershowitz Podiatric uh, Practice. Can we get a? Thanks uh, for listening to the show. Can we get an office shot? You know, picture, photo of all three of them <laughs> in their doctors' uniforms. We should. Maybe, maybe we'll interview a. Podiatrist. They must send something out for Hanukkah, right? The holidays, the holiday card with pictures of them all. Dude, Wackley, what would you rather be, podiatrist or proctologist? Podiatrist. Come on, <laughs> worst thought experiment ever. <laughs> Um, thanks for listening, though, uh, people over there at the Gershowitz Podiatric Practice. People, if you haven't already, check out the Sick and Wrong Forum, or should I say the Post-Naked Pics of Yourself Forum. That's kind of what, yeah, we're, what it's turning into. It, dude, it's turning into like an amateur porn forum. It's pretty great. As, as soon as a girl signs up, it's show us your tits or get the fuck out. Mm-hmm. And then now all of a Even sudden... Even the girls are saying it. There are the girls who have already shown yeah, their tits. And now the girls are like, all right, show us your dicks or get the fuck out. I, I don't know what's going on with that. I, I, I was noticed. going to show my dick, and then I saw a dude's dick that was like about 10 inches long. And then I decided not to show my dick. I, I don't see why anyone would show their real dick or their real vagina or their real tits when there's like a plethora of pictures on the internet that you can use. It's exhibitionism, man. I guess. Why you got to be so uptight? Well, the one thing that I that I the only my own uh, criticism of the forum. There's so many people that that go on there that sign up for it, and you can see how many people visit during the day. Mm. But only like ten, twenty people posting. Don't be a lurker. What's the point of joining a forum if you're just going to kind of lurk in the shadows like a creepy pedophile? Well, and I pretty much do that. I mean, I, I maybe put <laughs> yeah, up... But you a, got the glasses. I put up a couple posts a day. But yeah, don't be a complete lurker. Like, that's never, ever posted anything. At least do one post. Well, a lot of people say, are worried. hey, I'm, uh, just want to let you know I'm lurking here and licking all these titties. Well, Good a night. Of, a lot of people are worried that, you know, I don't have anything to say or people are going to rip on me. That's the fun of the internet. It's called being anonymous. Right. You can do whatever you want. You can be the biggest asshole ever. Look at Chris Hansen. (laughs) (laughs) Capital prick. Why don't you have a seat there? (laughs) Anyway, I posted a a guide to emergency shitting that came from this dude named John from a good shite blighty. He's an English bloke. And he wrote in, like, seriously, this dude took time to write a complete list of what to do in the case of an emergency shit. So I put the thread in there. Is this a facetious list, or is this really useful? I, you know, I think this is kind of useful. I, I don't think he it's was like doing, a survival guy. This is like a survival guy. All this right. guy was serious Fair about enough. it. He put some forethought into this. Okay. So go check out the thread "Guide to Emergency Shitting." It came from John. They should have a. Sh- he should, they should give this guy a show on like uh, the Discovery Channel or something. You know, they have those yeah, survival like the, shows. The, the dudes that survive out in the wild. They should just put him in random situations, and it wouldn't even have to be the wild. It could be like on the New York City subway. Okay, now you have to take a shit. What, right do you, at, what do you do? You're in the middle of a menage a trois. There's another episode. <laughs> it's just like, you know, there you go. Actually, that's a pretty, uh, the urban survivalist. Urban shit survivalist. The urban fecal survivalist. But it doesn't just have to, just the fecal survivalist. Some, some episodes, maybe you are in the woods. Yeah, I, I think that's... Uh, Not but, very interesting, but hey. But, but if, for the prepared person, the person who carries a poo-poo kit, this is a good guide to have. Yeah. This is a good guide to have. 
Um, people, you can go check out the Sick and Wrong Forum right off our main page, sickandwrongpodcast.com. I'd like to thank everyone out there for subscribing to the show on iTunes. That's the best way, single-handedly, to help the show. I mean, we don't, we don't ask people for donations. We just ask people to subscribe to the show and leave us comments. And uh, you know what that means? That means that we're going to beat the Christian podcast, which we did this week. We beat the Christian podcast in really? the rankings. Mm. I don't care about Dane Cook. I don't care about Sarah Silverman. No, I fuck those you famous know, ass uh, people. Famous celebrities. I don't care. I care about the Christians. Uh-huh. I do not want to be second to the Christians. I'm sorry. <laughs> so thank and, you, people. Uh, you know, maybe while you're subscribing to our show, you could go over and leave like a one star comment on the Christian show. <laughs> yeah, go to the Christian show, leave a one star. Seriously, be like, I'd rather listen to myself fart than listen to your show. Yeah, or refer to Sick and Wrong. Yeah. <laughs> you guys suck. Sick and Wrong rules. But subscribe to iTunes. Subscribe your grandmother to iTunes. It helps us out. Uh, finally, people, order yourself a t-shirt. Another great way to support the show. Be a member of the Sick and Wrong Army. Wear your t-shirt around. Go to bars. I think it's kind of like a talking point, in a sense. Mm-hmm. You know, people say that uh, you should carry like an accessory of some sort to like... You know, that will ease, better ease the social situation and allow people to engage you in conversation. Is that what it says in your dating self-help book? Uh, you, know, <laughs> uh, you know, I read a lot of magazines because I work in work magazines. True, and they say right, fine. They say flirt, flirtation tips is, you know, have like something that someone could comment on. Sick and wrong shirt. Right. You wear a sick and wrong shirt. You walk into a room. Everyone's looking at it like, what's sick and wrong? It's they, way better than my most recent thing, like... You know, a big mole with hair coming out of it on my face. <laughs> <laughs> That's nice. <laughs> and your JC Girl, Penny. Girls and your, don't talk to me. And your JC Penny suit. Girls don't talk to you, but you don't get your ass beat by thugs. Exactly. I know it works out. People, order yourself a sick or wrong T-shirt. So last time we're going to print this. The current design. You can go. You can order it right off the main page at sickandwrongpodcast.com. Just click on the store. Finally, here, sick and wrong song of the week uh, comes all the way from Mexico. Uh, the Bowl uh, Troll. It's, it's called Mexico. Mexico. Uh, the Bowl Troll sent this in. He says, hey, Dean Lance, just dropping you a line to hand over submission for the song of the week. This is a rough copy of Cowfucker by the fine Denver band Frontside Five. You know, I'm not familiar with that band, but they sound, uh, I've listened to the song. It's, it sounds actually kind of cool. Okay. I usually travel with them when they go on tour, but last summer I didn't. The other roadie they took was arrested in Tijuana for simulated sex with a cow. He was drunk and humping a cow statue and was hauled off to jail where it took some bribes for his release. A statue? I know. He wasn't even having sex with a real cow. And he wasn't even really having sex. He was simulating He it. was simulating sex with I, the statue. I thought Tijuana was free for all. <laughs> I've, yeah, I've been misinformed. I think it's a free for all if you're like a member of a drug cartel or if you're oh, Mexican. Right. But if you're a white guy, they're like... That dude has money. Yeah. I'm going to arrest him for jaywalking. There's a, there's a wallet bump sticking yeah. out of your back of your jeans. You're done for. And the thing is, it's, it's great that in Mexico, you negotiate your release. Hmm. I mean, seriously, it, it's all about negotiation. Not really a trial system. <laughs> the trial system is the about how many, how many dollars you have in your wallet. Right. <laughs> uh, the band made him carry my shoe in homage during the trip. So the shoe of the troll they mentioned is mine. I included some photos, and that's my shoe on the toilet in the Mexican jail. We'll have to put that photo up on the main page. I post as the bowl troll on the forum, but I got that nickname from skateboarding in bowls and pools. Oh, I thought yeah. he smoked a lot of bowls. I thought he just kind of stared into toilet bowls all the time looking at turds. I misread it as the bowel troll. <laughs> <laughs> Frontside 5 is a really good band that plays a lot of songs about skateboarding and drinking. Uh, we were recently in the Bay Area and had a blast at the El Rio. Um, which is a great bar, actually, in the mission. Check out our buddies, Hightower. 
that's a good Oakland band. Oh yeah, I have uh, two of their albums. I yeah, think actually, I think you might have met them. They uh, used to come on my old metal radio show. A I don't think I ever times. met them, but you did give me the first CD. Yeah, they gave us the, their CD. Great band. And then he finally ends it here with, "Ooh, they just got Schlitz at the local liquor store." I love how that that makes somebody excited. Because like, oh, he's Schlitz. the bull troll. <laughs> I'm gonna coat the bull with so much diarrhea; it'll be amazing. <laughs> it's like the it's highlight the only thing of his Schlitz day. Is good for it. ride that rocket, bull troll. Thanks for saying that. In he did send a couple pics. There's a pic of the band posing with some federales, and the, there's a chick in the band. She's actually kind of hot. A chicken? No, a chick. A, a girl. <laughs> oh, right. <laughs> a female. Yeah. Probably pays bass. Um, but yeah, we're gonna post a couple pics on the site. So uh, here's a song, "Cowfucker," to end the show here tonight. People, thanks for listening. Stay tuned for next week. We'll be back with episode 180. Till then, take it sleazy. Good night.